Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you. Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Just excited to share some time with you this morning. Been thinking on this particular content for a while. In fact, I was raised with this particular content. And I'm going to share it with you today. It's about your million-dollar asset. Many of you sitting here today may not think you're in possession of a million-dollar asset. But I'm going to share with you, it's not just a million-dollar asset today. It could be a $100 million asset 20 years from now. And you already own it, and you already have it. And it's your good name. It's your good name. And your good name is one of the greatest assets you'll ever possess. A name, according to Mr. Webster, is a word by which a person is known or referred to. What are you known for? What does your name mean? When people say your name, what comes afterwards? Now, right now, if you don't like the answer, understand that that answer can change over time. And like all assets, it can be protected, built, and compounded over time to become something great and something formidable. King Solomon, one of the wealthiest men who ever lived, said, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Fantastic. And so we want to talk today about your million-dollar asset. For you to think about who you are and what your name represents and what you want your name to mean. And ultimately, if you're in business, your name is synonymous with your success. And so we're going to walk through this today. I'm going to share my own history with this. I'm going to share how my good name is a guiding value for myself, for my company, and my family. And each one of these entities ultimately has a criteria and an accountability to the name. You know, you think about it. I grew up in uh, Dublin, Ireland, and a lot of my friends were Murphys and McCormicks and O'Briens and Sweeney's. And then you have this Italian name, Buffini. And it was always my dad who said to all of us, people don't forget your name. And your name sticks out. Amidst all the Murphys and Flaherty's, Buffini, there's no way to hide out. And so we would often find that when we, uh, my younger brothers, for example, I never forget my brother Dermot walked into school as a freshman in high school, and the teacher goes, Buffini, I had your brother. And he had a perspective of who my brother Dermot was because he had me as a teacher. The name carries with it some weight and some opportunities. And like all assets, the name can be a source of great, great fortune. Warren Buffett took Berkshire Hathaway as a textile mill an industry that didn't have much of a future in the Western Hemisphere at that time, and took it and built it into an enormous asset by reinventing and reinvesting that asset over time. An asset is something that's useful or valuable or something that has quality to it. And so your name is a valuable thing. Your name has quality to it. And I want to show you the power of your name. And I want to really help you reinforce the power of your name and I want you to have principles to make your decisions to protect and preserve your name the way you'd protect and preserve any asset. So what we're going to talk about today is what your name is. Number two, I'm going to share with you a principle I live by since I was eight years old and it's called can you put your name to it? And then the third thing, the aspirational part of this today is how to make a name for yourself. So that's what we're going to talk about, your name. 
So what is your name? Your name, first of all, is your brand. And your brand, I, I mentioned this before, in the very definition of the word name, what are you known for? That's what's your brand. And you can have a positive brand, you can have a negative brand, or you can have what most people have, which is an unintentional brand. And it's just what people come to assume. You know, when you think of different businesses, what do you think of? Like you think of Disney. I just had the family there, went on a couple of days vacation with the kids. Disney, you know, their brand is kind of, it's magical. It's entertainment, right? You think of Walt Disney, right? So what's that mean? What does that mean? And what does that name mean? What is your brand? When people think of you, what do they think of? If you own a business, if people think of you and your business, what comes to mind? What comes to mind? Sometimes that can be an eye-opening experience for people. I always recommend you go and you ask your very top people, your top customers. You know, if you were to refer me to a friend, how do you describe me? They'll share with you in a colloquial way what your brand is. Very, very powerful. Your name is not just your brand, though. It's also your reputation. It's your reputation. You know, what are you known for? What do you stand for? What are you putting into the marketplace? You know, these are big, big questions. What do other people think about you? These are big questions. And so very, very powerful. Not to be narcissistic and introspective, but a little bit of introspection on this and a little bit of interviewing people in your life. You know, when you think of me, what do you think of? What's the first thing that comes to mind? And sometimes you'll have to take the good with the bad. And the people who love you the most and who are closest to you, they might say the things that are hardest to hear right off the bat. But keep digging and keep digging. And for me, those exercises are one is to encourage, one is to reinforce, and one is to reinvent. It's like, okay, I don't want that to be my rep, if you will. So what are you known for? What do you stand for? Your reputation? What do other people think about you? You know, Warren Buffett says it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. And in the world we live in today, I, I think we realize how crazy a world we live in how quick to judgment a world we live in, how people are willing to tarnish a person's good name. I bumped into a fellow the other day. He had been a very successful financier. He had a huge radio show, and he did some financial advising, which he was actually a little bit sloppy. And the media in the local town here just barbecued him, fried him, destroyed his name, destroyed his reputation. He ended up taking this particular situation all the way to Supreme Court and won. And he goes, Brian, I won at the Supreme Court, but I lost in the court of public opinion. And he goes, getting my good name back is going to take the rest of my life. I will share with you, I observed a business situation the other day where I saw a gentleman give away his name for $1,500. bucks. $1, he didn't follow through on something, made a promise to pay somebody, probably never had much of an intention to ever pay, didn't pay, and then wouldn't pay. I'm observing this whole situation. Someone later on comes to me and mentions this young man's name in light of a business opportunity. And I said, well, I don't know all about him, but I have my doubts about his integrity. And I realized when I was saying that, because I'm asked to give an endorsement about somebody, and I'm thinking, my gosh, this guy, for 1,500 bucks, he sold his good name. The business opportunity that he could have been a part of was worth many millions. But if someone can't be faithful with 1,500 books, how are they ever going to be faithful with 15 million? And his good name, he sold it for that. Would you be willing to sell your good name 
at the checkout stand when you give a $20 bill and they give you change for 100 or you give 5 and they give you change for 20 sometimes we're willing to sully our name for that there it's a case of no one else will know but us so our name is our brand our reputation it's also our reflection and our reflection is what we think about ourselves what we say to ourselves and the affirmations that are either positive or negative accordingly. Here's what I would share and I would challenge most people today to think about. I think most of us say things to ourselves we would never allow anyone else to say to ourselves. I believe we need to make sure that we respect ourselves and respect our own good name when talking to ourselves. And talk to yourself like a friend, like a respected friend. Here's a good way to actually do a reflection exercise about your good name. I want you to write down the name of three people that you actually admire. So write down the name of three people you actually admire. And then I want you to write down the qualities in those people that you admire. Now, typically, I like people to do the exercise before I give the punchline. Because this is a podcast, i got to give you the punchline. But what I can share with you is that when you write down the name of somebody you admire, and then you write down the qualities you admire in that person, the only reason you admire those qualities is because those qualities are in you yourself. And that's a powerful thing. So when you think about yourself and you, you have your own self-talk, make sure you understand that you're talking to a million-dollar asset in your good name, a person of great quality, a person of great value, and understand that your reputation and your brand is a reflection of that outwardly, but also you have to believe it inwardly. Now I want to dive into something that's very personal and very profound for me. And this is a phrase that I learned as an eight-year-old boy that if you've ever been to an event I've given, you've heard me mention. So in the Buffini family, we went to work inside the painting business, our father's painting business, when we were very young. And we'd go to our grandfather's house, uh, Harry Buffini, who was the Mr. Miyagi of the Buffini family. And he would share with you how to hold a paintbrush, how to do the priming, how to do the prepping, how to sweep a floor properly, how to make tea for the crew. Uh, he would teach you how to prime, and he'd teach you how to sand, and he'd teach you how to put putty in windows, and ultimately uh, paste wallpaper, and move all the way up to actually doing the decorating itself. So you would work inside the family's business uh, until such time as grandfather felt you were up to the task of going to work on the job. And when you went to work on the job, he'd come through the job every day. He'd be smoking a Castella cigar, and he'd have this Castella in between his fingers, and he'd point at your work and he'd say, well, Brian, can you put your name to that today? Can you put your name to that? And if you couldn't put your name to the work you'd done, you had to do it over. It was not that the client was unhappy with the work. It was not that, oh, this isn't going to pass muster or we can't get away with this. This was, hey, for five generations, the Buffini family has built this business on doing extraordinary work. And does that match up to that? Can you put your name to it? Ultimately, he was asking me, could I put my name to it? So the very first time he came to the job, I painted a radiator in a closet in my school. And it was a, a radiator that most people will never see. And what I didn't do is it was very difficult to get to the back of it. And he comes and he takes a look around and he, he held out a pocket watch that acted like a mirror and he could see behind it. And he goes, well, can you put your name to that? He was okay if I decided not to redo it. But what he did for me that day was he just instilled in me, this is the commitment to the name, and this is the commitment to the standards. And with those standards and upholding those standards, your name grows. 
And so it's a very, very powerful thing. That was in my business legacy. My grandfather's legacy was, can you put your name to that? I think my father's legacy in regards to his good name was my dad is Mr. Integrity. So can you put your name to that? I've seen my dad live out in every aspect of his life. And I could tell you amazing stories. I could tell you stories of paintings that were worth a fortune that my father found in a home and a home that he was given the proceeds to by a nonprofit organization, actually the Jesuit priests. And my dad refused to take it. That painting today sits in the Irish National Art Gallery as one of its most valuable paintings. It's called the Caravaggio. Over and over again, I've seen my dad's good name hold himself up by this integrity. The next thing I realized my dad's good name was this dynamic of humor. My dad is a funny guy, never met a one-liner he didn't like. And whenever I call home, my parents are 88 and 87, respectively. I spent 40 minutes on the phone with them this morning, and 35 minutes of it was just laughing. And so, you know, that's what that name means to me. And then camaraderie. My father's a great man for connecting and interacting and building relationships. He's been at the same golf club for 55 years and a great man for camaraderie. So when I think about my dad, I think about integrity, I think about humor, and I think about camaraderie. And that was the gift I was given from my dad. Now, some of you may be sitting here today, and I've had many conversations with many a person over the years, and they go, you know, Brian, when you talk about can you put your name to it, you know, my father was a rabid alcoholic that beat the hell out of me and my mom every day. And he gave me his name, and I don't want that name. And I would always have had conversations, and many people, whatever your background is, or whatever your family of origin story is, I'll say to you what I said to that man that day and many others since, that your name is your name. It's not your father's name, it's not your mother's name, it's not your family's name. You can take from it things to do, you can take from it things not to do. And from that, that legacy can be carried on. And so, you know, sometimes people are there to be a a light, and sometimes people are there to be a caution. So no matter what you've received from your upbringing, great or small, and I believe for many people they can find something good and something valuable from where they came from. But at the end of the day, you've been given your name, and you can make your name what you want it to mean. I was given this great gift by my father and my grandfather, and I just pointed out to you my father's, what his name means to me, integrity, humor, camaraderie. And those things help me. Those things help me to make sure that I continue on in those same ways. Another thing, as you think through your name, your name is your bond, right? Again, another principle I got from my dad, he would tell me all the time, contracts are only as good as the people behind the contract. And I found that to be true. I've had an on-staff attorney and legal department here at Buffining Company for 23 years. Even though I we have lawyers and contracts and this and any other, I can tell you this, in 33 years of business, the contracts are only as good as the people behind them. That's the fact of it. Your name is your bond. How much would you be willing to sell your name for? 1,500 books? 15,000 books? I would say people give their names away all the time. I'd encourage you to understand this massive asset and what it's worth. You know, when we were doing our work at home, We wanted to do the tangible things to make our name known. We wanted to do the tangible things so that our reputation and our brand would speak on beyond the work. And so what would we do? We were brought in to do paint jobs. My grandfather and father would ask us to 
change the light bulbs and wash the windows. And I always remember, why are we doing this? We don't get paid for this. And they go, we want to show off the paint job. We want people to be so delighted with our work they tell their friends. That became the origin of what became the work and biofarrel system. Now, I put some cool marketing systems and some process in place, and now today this has evolved into you know CRM, contact management systems, and training programs and coaching programs and a, an organization that trains people all over the world. That's what it all came from. It came from the legacy of a good name with some good principles behind it and some good how-tos. And it'll take you places. Your good name, you know, doing the right thing, paying off the bill when no one else pays, doing the right thing. It's valuable. And you think no one watches, but you do. You know, it's interesting. In the last recession, there were countries all over the world that were defaulting on their loans. And one of the countries that stood up and said, we're not going to do that was actually Ireland. And if you read the newspapers at home and if you saw the news stories at home, Irish people were very self-critical. They're like, we're the dopes. We're the idiots. You know, these other countries, they reorganize their debt and whatever else. And we're going to stand up and we're going to pay our bills. And Ireland went on a, they tightened up their budgets and they made cuts everywhere. And it was a very dark time after the recession. You know, what was interesting is that once the recession was over and companies and large corporations and even countries were making investments, Ireland has rebounded almost stronger than any country in the world since that time. Why? Because they saw that when these guys were under pressure in the past, they protected their good name by paying off their debts. They said, our word is our bond, and they followed through on it. They did that as a country. And Ireland today is one of the hottest economies in the world, one of the fastest growing economies in the world. Your good name will take you places. Your good name as an individual, it'll take you places. Again, King Solomon said this, do you see a man skilled in his work? He'll stand before kings. Think about it. Now, let's be candid. I'm an immigrant house painter that came to America, got in a motorcycle accident, got into massive debt, worked his way out of it by being a real estate agent, and then developed some methodologies of taking my good name and a systematic approach to serve my customers, and then built it into this training program. And now this company's done over a billion dollars in sales since its inception and now i've had a chance to go meet you name it and speak on the stage with whoever who am i a man skilled in his work that's who i am who's protected his good name and that asset is still the most important thing i have can you put your name to that i got that principle from my grandfather and, and ultimately that legacy's passed on my dad's legacy's passed on your name is your bond. And then it ultimately manifests itself in taking pride in your work. And I just want to point this out. And if any younger listeners or if any folks pass this podcast on to any younger folks, I, I just want to point this out. Many people right now, maybe they're in high school, in college, just got out of college. It's their first or second or third job. And it might not be the job they want. It might not be their passion. It might not be the zeitgeist of everything I'm designed to do. And so I watch young folks all the time give no energy on their jobs, give poor attitudes on their jobs, because they're waiting for the next best thing to come. And I, I just want to share with you, every day of my life, I'm recruiting somebody. Every day of my life, I'm looking for people that I want to hire. And I want to share with you, in today's job market, the most successful business people out there are the same way. I'm part of a network group that employs 75,000 people. 
and we do conference calls and all that kind of stuff together. And every one of the, the leaders in the group will say the same thing. I'm constantly on the lookout myself and trying to train my staff to be on the lookout everywhere for talent. And I don't care where I find it. I don't care if it's a greeter at Walmart or a, an Uber driver. I don't care if it's someone at a, a smoothie stand or serving at Starbucks or any place at all. You're looking for this. And so I will share with you, when you are at a job, even if it is not the job that is your ultimate destination or your ultimate desire, your good name is at stake. Let's say this. Let's say you have a good attitude and good energy and you work for a company that's not. Great. Let your good name be the shining light inside the place until such time as the asset of your good name is placed in the environment that it actually deserves. Take pride in your work. So put your name to what you're doing, how you're putting your name to that. And then ultimately, take a little bit of pride in your work. That's an old-fashioned type of mentality, but I'm going to share with you, it's a new world recruiting methodology, and people are looking all the time for talent, people are looking for attitude, and people are looking for energy. And that's a very powerful combination. And then lastly, uh, make a name for yourself. You know, now in our world today, there's lots of ways to make a name for yourself as long as you don't have any sense of shame. You can be as famous as you want to be on social media if you have no sense of shame. If you're willing to exploit yourself or others, you can make a name for yourself. I'm talking about a name that's going to stand up. I'm going to talk about a name that's going to stand up, a name that you can pass on, an asset that grows. So why not? Why not make a name for yourself? In my faith tradition, I happen to believe we're all children of God, made in God's image. And therefore, we've been given some of God's talents. So why shouldn't that talent come out and be special? Why shouldn't that talent make a name for itself with the gifts that it has? And so I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts on this. First of all, make your name your own. Make your name your own. This is an important dynamic. So I, I mentioned to you, my dad's legacy is integrity, humor, and camaraderie. Well, I'm a different guy than my dad, but I value his principles and influence. So for me, my legacy to my family would be integrity, humor, and instead of camaraderie, be competition. I'm a very competitive guy. I'm married to an even more competitive woman. And guess what? I have very competitive kids. But they're competitive in regards to the dynamics of integrity and humor and competition. You know, I, I'm a blessed guy. Bev and I, we just, uh, I had a little speaking engagement in Florida. So the boys were on spring break from college. And here I am. I got my 24-year-old daughter and my 21 and 20-year-old sons and my 17-year-old daughters. And we went together. And we have a blast. And the humor of it, I mean, it was just great. And I already see it in them. And then, you know, last night, Beverly and I drove down to spend the evening with my son and his wife and our grandson. And uh, just a lot of laughs. And I'm like, hey, you know what? This is great. This is a generational passing on of what it meant to be a buffini from my grandfather to my father, from me, and now down into my son and, and looking at his child. What a cool deal. And so, again, you can make your name your own. I'm able to celebrate my family's heritage. Is my dad perfect? No. My grandfather? No, absolutely not. But I choose to pick those things that are of the special part of their name and what it meant to me and what it means to me today. Am I perfect? That's why we have Beverly on the podcast from time to time. 
And uh, if we ever do a Q&A session with Beverly, you can ask her all the questions, and she'll be happy to let you know. They say the difference between a, a saint and a noose is six inches. You know, and you got the halo to the noose. That's it. And so, trust me. But your good name is the consistency with which you live over time. And that's really what I'm going to talk to you about. Is That second part of your name is about being dependable. Being dependable is a powerful thing. You know, people get excited nowadays about, you know, oh, the extra mile and going the extra mile. But the thing is, you have to go the first mile first. So you have to do what's expected of you and then go do the unexpected. Now you got something. Extraordinary is extraordinary. The ordinary is the first mile. The extra is the second mile. I tell people all the time, in our system, our whole marketing system in working by referral is about doing the extra things. But it's doing the extra things after you've done the main thing. You know, when some of our clients are popping by with gifts, don't pop by with a gift if you absolutely stunk up the transaction. How about you do a great job? How about you take care of the people? How about you treat their money like it's your money and beyond? And then you do the extras. Now you got something special. You want to do the ordinary and you want to do the extraordinary. Lou Holtz, great mentor and friend, says, I can't keep a player who won't do what I tell him. That's the ordinary. And then he says, I also can't keep a player who can only do what I tell him. So he wants the ordinary and the extraordinary. And that's a man who knows a lot about winning. And the last thing I want to share with you about your name, if you haven't picked it up here today, it's, it's bigger than you. You know, it's your family name. It's your business name. If you're a person of faith, you're putting God's name to it. And I, I think all of us have experienced people who espouse religion who've said and done things that are just out there and just uh, embarrassing and frustrating. And it's tough because many people have a hard time with people of faith because of the actions that are taken, that are done in God's name. And I just say, you know, remember that you, when you're putting your name to something, you're putting your name, if you're a person of faith, you're putting God's name to it as well. It's a big deal. And so rather than get paralyzed by it, understand it's this, it's a gift. Just like every asset is a gift. You know, if you own a million dollars in a stock portfolio, you have to watch it. You have to pay attention to it. You have to do your homework. You have to get some help. And you have to be patient. And you have to be faithful. Not be rash and make foolish decisions for that asset to grow over time. And it's the same thing with a good name. You know, we live in a culture today that is predisposed to tearing people down. We live in a culture today that's willing to destroy a person's name in seconds. Here's a couple of applications. The next time you find yourself reading a news story on your phone, take a moment and just be careful that that's somebody's good name that's being talked about. And if it's not true, wouldn't it be terrible for you to pile on? Or worse, to make these anonymous comments on social media where you tear into somebody's name without knowing all the facts. As a person in the public eye, it's remarkable to me. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of get to skate free. I get very little negative press and I get very little negative comments around the social media because most of the people associated with me are trying to live more positive, uplifting type of lives. So to be honest with you, I kind of get, a, for the most part, a pretty free pass in this arena. But I'm surrounded by a lot of people who are in the public eye, who sometimes they get a little more caught up on these anonymous comments than they should. And it's just, we're willing to take a person's name. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Okay? Don't take God's name in vain. 
and don't bear false witness against somebody else. So these are big, big principles. Have been around for thousands of years. A good name is a powerful thing. I think when we understand the value of our own name, we'll be more respectful to other people's names. We'll be less likely to judge so quickly about somebody's name. We'll be less likely to ascribe the wrong motivation to somebody's name. We might be willing to be more patient to find out the rest of the story before we decide what somebody's name is or isn't. The first dynamic for us is understanding that we are in possession of something very special. We've been given a name, and that name can come to mean something. Our name is our brand, it's our reputation, it's also our reflection. The principles I was given, can you put your name to that? What a good principle. I think it'll work for anybody. And then ultimately, make a name for yourself. Make it your own. Be dependable. And your name is bigger than you. And I think that will actually help us all keep our eyes on the prize of living a good life. And your name will be on there. Because one day, we all get to take that last stage of the journey in life. And the last thing that people see of us is a name on a headstone. And we see that name, and there's a date that begins it, and there's a date that ends it. And that dash in the middle is where we live out our name. And I've been given a great gift of a name and a meaning to that name, and I hope to honor that name and make that name even more valuable for those that come after me. And I hope you do the same. And if we're all looking at doing the right thing, individually, living by those good principles, I think... What a great life we can live and a great influence we can have. And after all, that's kind of the good life, isn't it? And so I'm going to pass over this podcast to a man with a great name. His name is David Lally. And David Lally's worked for me for 17 years. And he has a great brand. He's a hard worker. He has a great reputation. He's an entertainer, kind of charismatic. And then uh, the reflection of his work, he's all about excellence. He's all about impact. And so... I'm excited to have someone like Dave Lally working for me producing this show. And Dave, maybe you have some great words of encouragement for folks today as we wrap up today. Wow, thanks so much for those kind words, boss. It doesn't seem like 17 years, and I may have to visit my bank to share the good news with them that I have a million-dollar asset now. I really loved today's content, and I hope you guys did too. I wanted to share a couple of notes with you before we leave today. Alan Berriger from Missouri City, Texas writes... Brian, thanks for taking your valuable time and money to produce the podcast. It has helped me be more focused on what I want to become both personally and professionally. I appreciate that you are straightforward and do not bend on what matters. You've made an impact in my life, and it's great to have people like you in this world. While working for him, Alan, I may be a little biased, but I would have to agree, and I'm not alone on the team here in feeling fortunate that we get to work on content like this every day. Sandra Braley in Boise, Idaho, also sent a note to say, Dear Brian, thank you for all of your wonderful podcasts. After some years handling some difficult family events, I have returned focus to my business, and I needed encouragement and a kick in the you-know-what. I find the podcasts very useful in both education and encouragement. Thanks, as always, for all your notes. We get so many, and we read them all. And I have a favor to ask. If you're connected to someone in the public arena that you think would be a great interview, email us at podcast at com, or send us a note with their name. And today we're signing off with someone new. When we asked Brian's dad to record an outro, that was not his comfort zone. He's more of a behind-the-scenes guy. But he came into the studio, and George Buffini, who preserved the Buffini name and passed it on, 
will sign us off this week. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. Oh, 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 oh,